What is up, everyone? This is Sarah G, and it is Gen Z Gab. Happy New Year. Hope everyone's holidays were great. I have some great news. Dr. Courtney Tracy will be on soon. We will be asking her a bunch of questions over here at Gen Z Gab. And if you have any questions, please forward them to me at Gen Z Gab or at my personal Sarah Gallagher 21. Uh, yeah, so it'll be a fun time. We can dive into a lot of things. I, speaking of which, have just wanted to say with my ADHD lately, I have been word vomiting. For those who don't know what word vomiting is, it is that I can't always come up with the right words. Then I always say a filler or whatever, or I'm on a topic. At least this is how I understand it, a topic. And then I go and say a bunch of things and, you know, maybe don't always think before I speak which is something I constantly am working on because people tell me I need to work on. But the problem is, I think with many people in the neurospicing community, they deal with the same thing. And then it's also the rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, all that fun stuff, which we will be covering later on. But I just wanted to say that. And also just FYI, there was some not a big deal, but I have some test going up so my whole uh, podcast for the next week following might be a little late don't worry about it it is um segueing into this i'm planning to have dr shannon clark on here at some point as well and if you don't know she's the babies after 35 uh tiktok baby doc and anyway segueing into that a little bit I have endometriosis, so I'm going to be getting some tests, et cetera, done this next week. And um, just wanted to give a heads up of to why it might be late. We can talk more about all that stuff once she comes on. If you have any questions, again, go and message me over at Gen Z Gab or Sarah Geller 21 so that then once things get settled in, we can all have a good open discussion. So yeah, it'll be fun. And yeah, so that's some of the stuff that's coming up potentially that's uh, going through and other little family stuff, which I mean is life. Uh, again, please just as I've said a few times, but again, not going to get too much into it. Uh, please send out good vibes. That's why I'm kind of all over the place. And if things might, you know, fall apart a little bit with the podcast, just a little heads up of what happened. Aside from all that, there was no big drama this year with the holidays. So for anyone who had a dramatic or traumatic uh, Christmas, holiday, New Year, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I'm so sorry. And hopefully, you know, your year is starting off a little better than so. So as I dive into this week's podcast, you already know that the Monday mood is one of my favorite things. And you know what? I just wanted to say shout out to all the park workers. I'm giving them a shout out because I went to Disney World. It was right before. It was kind of during the holiday season. Anyone that works that December through early January, end of November, I applaud you. You are Monday Moods because, let's face it, people, especially, again, I make those jokes. If you see my TikTok, you know I went to Epcot a lot. I applaud each and every one of you and extra, extra 
comments to the people at Epcot because and or Disney Springs because you guys have to put up with even more with, because you sell the fun drinks. So we're good there. Uh, but yeah, uh, I had a great trip. I love the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Just FYI for anyone who might not be the biggest roller coaster fan, I guarantee you would like this one. It is the smoothest roller coaster that I've ever been on. So that's good. And then, you know, your typical, my other favorite ride is Avatar. I love Space Mountain. I hated it actually as a kid, but that's a backstory of no one. I'm a kid that, you know, I get a little motion sickness at times. And again, because I had ADHD, I also had to do physical therapy, which I think is why I can handle 3D movies, whereas my dad can't because of all the weird. There's so much weird stuff and it's so huge just fyi for anyone who has motion sickness the most i can ever acknowledge is i have some but for some odd reason it really doesn't affect me in the 3d like a lot of times it affects other people but it affects me more on roller coasters like i can't do the zero to 60 with rockin like it just messes me up so bad now I know that Guardians of the Galaxy is faster, but it's just, there's just something, and I also get in my head more. Also, Tower of Terror was never really my thing. I've rode it twice in my entire life, and people can be calling me a wuss or whatever. That's less about motion sickness and more about a, I just, even if my mom tried to explain to me that it was like the Frogger ride that you, you know, do as a kid up and down and up and down, I can't, I, there's just something about the whole, like, which I know is the goal, but the whole thing about the elevator stuff it made me neurotic about elevators for the longest time now again I've talked about having OCD in the past and it was way worse as a kid I've slowly kind of worked my way and coped with it a lot better but it is funny when I actually mention some of that stuff to my parents and just so you know yeah I've had an intake I've had all this stuff again it's it's that it is funny I know that there's a lot of overlaps with other neurodivergences but I just want to make it clear when people sometimes say, you might have this, you might have that. There's so many stuff. And I wanted to also acknowledge for anyone out there that is self-diagnosing themselves, you are valid. I see you. I accept you. I just wanted to say that uh, slowly when you start to talk about a lot of these, you know, similar and different things it's suddenly like do we all have all of this stuff and I just wanted to acknowledge that for a second because that's where my brain starts spiraling but no anyway going back to the whole thing with Tower of Terror the problem is that you know with OCD a lot of times it has to do with cleanliness which is true or something being contaminated or or just an irrational anxious fear which again was why for a while they also thought it, which I think I do have generalized anxiety again all this stuff goes kind of hand in hand it's hard to say kind of what exactly because once you have one it kind of happens and I've been doing more research anyway with the whole dyslexia and ADHD stuff with how my brain works and how I'm just probably more prone to the whole OCD, anxiety, depressional things like a lot of people, but I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. That's We'll save that for later. But the whole thing was that, you know, everyone loves being scared and such, but the problem when you have things like ADHD and like autism, etc., sometimes we take things a little too literally. And with ADHD, it's like your fight or flight 
sometimes happens and activates and then the anxiety or it was the OCD. I can't really figure out which one it was. Maybe it was both of them. But the problem was it just made it too hard for me to be on that specific ride. I just get too much in my head about it because it's like, and I know like, again, I've been in enough, you know, therapy to do the tools and stuff. And I know like, again, my family's been very good at like having me take a step back, figuring out why, but it's just kind of frustrating because like I know a lot of people love this ride I know that you know Tower of Terror was almost taken down and then you know it became a big deal so then it stopped the whole destruction stuff so that being said it's just one of those uh it made me really terrified of elevators and just why I could not go on it but then stay and I think also just like the irrational fear that women sometimes have just with safety again it's all these like obsessive intrusive and for anyone who suffers from OCD especially I see you I feel you I hear you I know what it feels like and for anyone like making the whole thing that it's like just about cleanliness no it's that's some part and Howie Mandela has talked about this too but I think it's one of those still kind of misunderstood again a good place to start with it is go to Grey's Anatomy when Bailey got MRSA now she still kind of was extra cleanly but it's also about people moving things like gestures stimming which again you can with your own other things but I just wanted to specify that or you know if I don't have my shoes in the right spot then everyone's gonna die again it's about just like I think the best way when I've been told this stuff is again a lot of people with anxiety autism etc have done this the weird thing about OCD is that it's like the repetitive never ending and the intention like you're always asked what is your intention behind this and you know your intention behind it and you know it's irrational and you know people need to give you like exposure therapy by moving it but it's just it is so misunderstood and I feel like a lot of times I at least spend like when I've been trying to talk about it on social media a little bit like where I'm agreeing with someone it also is like everyone decides to have an opinion which I get is social media but again I just want to set state again for anyone out there that has it again I I see you I stand with you you know and it's a very good way to say way into the conversation is Ginny and Georgia because they had a lot of mental health covered this season and again I could spend hours on hours about this but because you know it's a darker topic I won't do as long with it but you do notice like a lot more of the characters you can see the PTSD etc going on with a bunch of people and can I just say how annoying Max was in the first five episodes, but she redeemed herself and I'm not going to get too much into it with that, but I love Ginny. Ginny, I was not like, I didn't hate her as much as everyone else. I thought her hate was overrated. Like I thought, hey, if you're going to hate someone, you should hate Georgia just as much too. Actually, Georgia does very questionable things. Georgia also, yes, she has PTSD, but she for sure has like sociopath, psychopath kind of stuff. I mean, she has empathy, so I guess it's different, but she's definitely that overbearing, over-controlling, narcissistic kind of borderline mother. And I know everyone's going to look at me, but it's all. 
it is really comes to light in season two. I'm trying not to, again, give too many spoilers, but by Monday, I feel like most people who are diehard fans are the people that would care about spoilers have seen it all by now or at least binged it all by now. I've actually binge watched it twice. And all I can say is Abby and Joe deserve better. Also, can we just talk about when you watch all the shows that Raymond A. Black is in, that guy plays like the saddest character, like the coolest, like with the backstory, but what the actual frick, like... I was saying this about Maid. Like, what is Netflix doing with this guy? Like, I mean, obviously, it's whatever, and everyone loves those types of characters, but it's like, I don't actually ship him with Georgia anymore, and here's why. Even though he's, he's got his own sketchy past, Joe, the character in Ginny and Georgia, there's just something, like, where, bro, I know you know things about Georgia, but you know this also, and yes, I like their finally their confrontation and and she told him that of course she thought about something like that writing was gold. See the thing is like it was such a slow burn which I know was what they were going for. Also though, can I just say how much I loved the Padma and Ginny friendship this this year and I loved how, you know, the girl who plays Padma, which a lot of people already know this, but, you know, just the comments going around on everything. It's like, they're brother and sister. Joe and her are brother and sister. The And I say, and I always, like, get my brain confused because, like, her name, the actress of Padma, is Becky A. Black. And it's like, I always think of, and I'm not going to say it because we already know where it's going. We're going back to 2012 Friday, and we don't need that. Again, Rebecca Black's gotten better since that time. You know, we've all seen the evolution, but I just was, yeah, that was a, that's just a bad note, what I just said there. But we're going to, we're going to go back to what's in though, just how we love though the character growth of a lot of these kids in the show. I really like Hunter this season. I had some sympathy for him last season, but I truly, if I'm going to ship anyone, honestly, I'm going to ship him and Padma. I am. Uh, Abby deserves way better. It's really sad because you can see how close the cast and how deep they very much are very nice, empathetic people. And that's why it's like you can separate the character from the from like the cast member. But I really and I think that Damien Romero did a great job of playing. I've actually messaged him about this, but it's like I really, truly cannot emphasize this enough. Sarah Lambert, please do not put her back with press. The poor girl has been through so much and I feel like they've and I get it this is high school but god why just why that is all I'm getting at because it's just and yes I know that whole toxic trope and I know whatever but it's like Mm, okay can we but next season though can we get more marcus abby and Ginny kind of vibes like what they were doing hanging out now i know max gets jealous of stealing the life but she was so insufferable the first four or five episodes just say she did really redeem herself in the end and i loved again the evolution with her and so gracia the friend group that max has created within her own you know uh theater group now to say the 
show her tremendous growth. And by the end, even with how her dad helped her find success in the role, like she really didn't want the villainous role. She was really pissed off that she didn't get the lead. And, you know, that leads them to the centeredness that is this girl, this character. But I wanted to say, though, that her and Bracia's friendship evolving, aside from Ginny and Bracia's evolving with that iconic scene with the sunglasses and the photography done in Zion's apartment, you know, just all around better growth. I've been seeing a lot of comments like this, and it's so true. And I think that, honestly, I get why, like, they have a Ming or a friend group, but I kind of would like to see more done with kind of, you know, less of that type of friend group and just more of the expanding rather than, you know, just, like, all or nothing, if that makes sense. Now, I don't know much more. I do want to say again, I believe Katie Douglas deserves an Emmy for how she portrays Abby and Tony Jenner. You do, you, you do phenomenal. But I just wanted to say that I think that we talk so much about Rian Howie and we talk so much about Tony Jenner doing this stuff like doing phenomenal acting skills and again all of them do great but I think that the thing that we kind of get lost with is that like again the side characters the ones that are still kind of the main but in a very much sporting as it's always stated which I know I'm very much contradicting being very confusing probably but I think we just need to focus a little bit on that too because the interactions as a whole and I get it that's kind of what makes the whole ensembles and the big like multi-camera drama dramedy comedies all those things work so well so I just wanted to state that also I think with a lot of people who have struggled body image they can relate super well to you know the character that is Abby and I hope that they also expand the horizons a little more next season and I'm not saying like full-blown you know go do like to that terrible movie to the bone like with the group therapy sessions and that stuff but I think that it would be very cool at the same time to have some of that add a little more diversification to said because we're really focusing on Abby's bulimia in this series which is okay like yeah but there is more than just anorexia and bulimia and there's more than just you know that typical white girl getting it and I, I know that you know with how writing is and how everything else kind of evolves you know very nuanced but I just thought oh maybe that'd be another direction that they could potentially go in for season three or you know give her a mini series spinoff like all the things like that happened in between if they have to make us wait like two years again please don't make us wait two years again I know some of it was COVID protocol but please don't so yeah that was just another thing that I liked about season two all of those guys it was just amazing and just her character you know as much as she was going so psycho over Sophie it's I loved her growth I would love to see her in silver more next season I do still though can't get over though just like how hilarious it is to watch how much and again this is just how people get and we all have you know I know I'm not the same person I was a few years ago even but just how much you know everybody in Wellsbury needs therapy and even the ones in therapy you already know that they're hiding something so it's just kind of like that never ending type thing where it's got dark spirits 
which I know is the whole plan they're trying to do. But again, the ending was just phenomenal. And I'm like, you know what? I, I have mad respect now for you, Paul. Like, I didn't know how it's going to feel. And obviously, yes, I'm still on. I was on the shipping Georgia and Joe for a while, but now I'm kind of over it. Yes, I love that Joe cares about and gave milkshake, blah, blah, blah. Again, even with his back I'm sorry, dude. Past couple, again, roles that I've seen in. They gotta stop, like, putting him in the trope of, like, of being in love with these, like, young single moms that don't love him back, which I know is a thing. Honestly, it would be hilarious if they would throw in more Degrassi alum. Here's the thing. It's so funny because I actually didn't watch Degrassi until the pandemic. It was always on Teen Nick, but I kind of was, again, I'm, like I said, Gen Z, elder Gen Z. There's always been Degrassi around, but I never really got into it. And so I watched a lot of Degrassi, The Next Generation, and then suddenly it's like, it fits. I didn't really watch a lot of The Next Class, etc. But, you know, I'm picking up on the things that they've got. Also, can we talk about how in the first season I didn't really know a lot of these people were Canadian, which I think a lot of people kind of agree, even though it's shot in Toronto. It literally said that. But yeah, the whole thing with that accent, I didn't really notice a lot of the Canadian accent. Midwestern accents are kind of like that, but it's really strange because again, there's still different things that go into different accents. And I know with where I'm at, it's a little more neutral. So I built an eight foot snowman with my family this week. And that's why I'm playing it up on the Midwest stuff right now, because even though I do not personally like always living here the one thing about being in the upper midwest is that you can especially get more snow i'm not saying that other places don't but it's um a lot more of that kind of joking around and we have way more access to maple syrup which i know people are laughing because yes that's more of a canadian thing but i will just emphasize we get better access to it we have more of that stuff so even if I complain, even if I act like everything's whatever, the worst possible, the one thing I can do is, as one of my voiceover teachers used to say, is like, play in the sandbox. I mean, it was playing in the snow, but all of that fun, you know, just let go of everything. And it was just a very clear moment for me with a lot of, aside from family bonding and whatever, it just made me feel something a little different that I haven't felt now as quite cold and didn't quite understand why we started doing this huge ass snowman but my brother just decided he wanted to and so we all went with it and by the end of it it was so cool and you will see if you're on the video version of this podcast picture if you want to go and see though the whole video of me and my family making this it's on tiktok yes it's in double time at least but you know we all know that the whole process you know, would rather be under two three minutes so that's kind of where we have to go and I'm being honest for anyone who's ever like you know they have these long vlog experiences but they don't really want it on TikTok like some people have made 10 minute content and it doesn't really go over well so that's why I haven't done so much in supersonic speed but I was just getting sidetracked again all that uh so but I was just emphasizing that you kind of really notice that, though, in the whole Canadian thing. 
a new show for Netflix. When I get mad that it takes two years for them to do it, whatever. And then the craft and the craft I have to remember is all about it. It's the art that takes a while. And because again, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, we are known for having everything at our fingertips in a supersonic way. And that's where I'm going to bring up again, great old Laura High, who told me some great advice that I've been following again. Uh, I've been actually re-editing that video version because, you know, the audio kept getting really choppy, etc. My computer kept crashing on me. And, you know, I think it's great to, you know, have the rough cut out there to show a little bit off in the beginning, you know, and to show then how the final product looks, you know, trusting the process. But I do want to just emphasize again, that was a lot of things I was struggling with towards the end of the year. And now that I see that, you know, Netflix and the people in that, even if they have a cast crew, etc., they have to really, like, though, make sure everything is seamless, spotless. They have to keep going re-over, re-double-check, re-editing, and have more than one set of eyes and so that it can make sure that everything comes out right in the first. These are 10 episodes. You only really got one shot. And, you know, you can tell it's done beautifully and correctly. And you know that though that the heart and soul is put in there. And why, you know, it might take two years plus to get the whole thing out. Now I understand it a little bit more, even though I'm doing this completely different thing. But you don't realize how much effort is put in. And you know what? I compare the one thing I'm not going to do resolutions this year so much, but I'm going to just say this. I'm going to. Say, if I don't follow you and if I followed you or commented a lot or, you know, you thought we got some banter going on, yeah, I'll still do that. But the thing is that I might not follow you, just everyone out there who might. But I also have to take a page from Zion Miller from Ginny and Georgia, Nate Mitchell over there saying that you would be surprised at how little people actually care, which is beyond factual, beyond. But, you know, he was also saying that about Max, who he knows and met. And, you know, normally a lot of people would agree, but it's Max. Like, again, that was one of my favorite lines, like, between Zion and Ginny when it was, like, her telling that and just Austin's reaction to Zion, like, Bro, you've met this girl. You know this girl. This is, you know, you know that that, that normally most people would, would agree with you, but not in this case. Oh. I wanted to also state that, yeah, so if I still keep that up, but it's just kind of like, I get it. A lot of times people, once they hit their mark and get famous, etc., things change. It, it, it's going to happen, and I've touched on that a lot. And so it's just kind of easier to kind of, you know, not follow fully because, unfortunately, for someone like me who's just trying to break in, a lot of imposter syndrome happens, and you can see that. Again, in all these shows, again, a lot of people feel these feelings, but it's got to just remind yourself the boundaries. Like, 
you set yourself and coming from a family that doesn't really understand or hadn't really learned about boundaries myself in general and kind of you know one side being less about boundaries than the other it just it 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 opens a lot up and I know I'm not perfect and I'm not everyone's perfect but you know it's just very very interesting to kind of try to see how that works out also I did do a pre-screen just for some medicine stuff as a lot of people know I have to take stuff for my ADHD and the funniest part was that you know the scores were for a four and a five and that's the best I've ever done and the only reason I'm telling people this is yes I don't really usually want to compare things to other things but you know what it the doctor that's seen me for a long time even said that this was the best she's seen me so it's like the little wins that you take along the way with it. Now I'm still, again, trying to figure out my endometriosis, and people think, like, Sarah's got, like, a thousand different things. Trying to figure out if I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. You know, just all great stuff, right? But the thing is, though, that we live in a day and age, so luckily, as much as TikTok talk can be a blessing and a curse, and again, not everyone's gonna be diagnosed or whatever, or not everyone's going to be the same but it's been very helpful for at least me to see some other hypermobile people and also just keep in mind though when you have ADHD you're already probably hypermobile I mean again went to physical therapy they mentioned to my parents that I had some hypermobility stuff they never like this is what bothers me they never took it a step forward they're just like oh yeah she's just got some double jointedness She's got some hypermobility. Like, they they didn't ever question anything more. And now that I see things about Ehlers-Danlos, and I don't think I have it per se, but it's now making me question if I might have it. And, yeah, so just considering that, with the community kind of building, it's just a lot. And I know I just said a bunch of things that might not make sense but again that goes into that's been kind of my life for the past couple weeks or like in general a lot of people are trying to start this like new year saying that they're not gonna get everything together and that just does not happen I think a lot of manifestation happens for a lot of 20 year olds like me And I just need to keep emphasizing that, like, with the comparing and the contrasting, you know, that I witnessed throughout kind of the past couple weeks, just a lot of self-reflection. And I've been a lot happier now. I feel upset, though, that I'm kind of, you know, chained to my phone, to my technology. I noticed a lot of actors and other people have taken an even longer time and have taken a, a complete break from social media. And I'm so grateful that they can have the opportunity to do so. But again, as I'm breaking in, it's that constant battle But it's always good to just see what you can do to better your mental health. I want to just say, though, that Cheryl Texera, you know, the Maya's mom from Girls Meet World, she took a huge six months break and worked on a lot of things that she didn't know about yet. And she was just saying that everyone should take a break if they feel the need to. But it kind of has to be what you feel on your own time. And I kind of resonated with that. But again, I feel like I can't. And that's what got me to thinking about when I was listening to all these different podcasts like okay sis ADHD and adults etc 
just the hustle culture that everyone talks about. And I know I've mentioned this a thousand times, but it's just like, it feels like you're in a rut and just going through the motions, especially like November through most of January. And it's like, how do you save this? How do you do that? How are, what's my next step? What's my next earth shattering thing that I'm going to do? And I think that it's like, oh, we just have so much time to think about that stuff, especially in the pandemic, that I think it was one of those things I want to bring, like a lot of other people have said too, as well, I want to bring that energy from 2019, 2020 with TikTok, where everyone was just kind of getting along. No one was really fighting and I know that that sounds like a utopia which it kind of was but it was more of like nobody took the following count the follower counts people actually talked to each other people were doing things and now it's just become again that popularity type thing and also TikTok has been a mess with some of their shadow banning etc and maybe even taking down certain creators that shouldn't be so it's got its own issues but it just makes me start to think yeah the whole blowing up is it actually even worth it and you know what I'm also trying to do in 2023 which is an evolution but again just the fact that people talk about editing and you know how you can't take everything seriously on social media and just the whole thing about some of that hypocritical stuff I'm gonna stop being hypercritical watching people be hypocritical and I think I'm gonna also be gentler just a lot in general I think if I look at it more as a gray thing I'm black and white even though again I keep mentioning this but it's true ADHD and neurodivergent people have a stronger sense of justice so I think that that's something like as much as that I want to unlearn that and I guess I have always had though kind of a gray way of thinking instead of black and white I do think though that like you know you think that rewards in the system should be kind of different but again not everything in life is fair I do want to quickly touch on just some of the things that I've seen throughout the week again you talk about the football player who collapsed etc and just that how people of color and again black Americans we need to step up and I know that it's like easier said than done but you need to follow accounts lift up their voices because that's the only way we gotta dismantle and deconstruct I saw something on decolonize myself on like why you want to like be anti-racist and it was very eye-opening and again again constantly checking myself reminding myself you know what are the reasons and because we live in a society where everything is so normalized and we want to stop a lot of these problems but in order to stop a lot of these problems you need to take a step back and actually live listen and let them be heard and also help though because again the way that society works they talked a lot about this is that they shouldn't have to be the ones always saying something again that was very well mentioned in Ginny and Georgia this season when Ginny had to pick a book for the class and how the teacher was being and she was getting punished for it and you know the insight that her dad brought her dad's girlfriend had brought to it and again just completely understanding how her therapist was towards her it is so good it's so much better than the first and again I know I, I probably said a lot of 
of things that were confusing and I'm sorry. I really do try to get to the point. I'm also learning that some of this is like a trauma response because of how much, again, I was watching the scene where, again, she had to drop down to class levels. The whole college prep versus honors versus AP, I just want to say again, those schools, you gotta, you gotta consider this. And I know that this is just how the system in the U.S. is built, but you gotta consider why maybe some of these kids behave the way that they do. It's because from a young age, we're put into different groups, different categories, whatever, learning disabilities, etc. It messed me so fucking much. It made me never believe and never felt smart enough. It made me, it gave me drive, obviously, because I have a master's now, but we need to think of better ways than this or that. And parents, you need to just consider not putting all your hopes and dreams on your child. I want to say that Ellen and Clint and uh, Ginny and Jorda are a great example of very active parents. <laughs> Protect them all at all costs, but the fact that, like, you know, they understand Marcus and they're not saying and yelling at Marcus to apply himself or whatever. They know he has his own struggles. They're understanding. I mean, they understand Max, too, but they know exactly what Max feels all the time and how she's feeling whereas Marcus lost his friend he has depression and I'm not saying that Max hadn't had her own issues but we all know what what I'm getting at and I just was saying even with the whole thing with Ginny and Zion that scene was beautiful in episode one and just the fact that can I say how much I love that you know Zion is there to protect even Austin he treats Austin like its own his own family does as well they love him they adore him and I know people had issues with Grandma Lynette but I started to see it a little bit and as someone who has their own issues with some family members like that I think though the most touching moment was when she said I don't eat your mom um, I'm mad at her for some of the choices. And again, I get that Georgia really didn't want to lose her baby, didn't want them to get custody, etc. And they were just trying to help. And it's like one of those, you see the perspective of both. You see it as also, though, you can tell Georgia also wasn't used to having people want to support and give her help as well. So it just kind of adds that extra layer that they were saying. But where she did get her GED, at least, but she knew, she even said, like, I probably should have gone to college. And again, when Ginny says that stuff to her mom, it's not like she's trying to say you did everything bad. She's just saying to her mom, like, hey, like, why didn't you? or wired and it's a proud thing because of all the trauma she went through but again I love the therapy scene where it's so true like finally Ginny's getting through to her mom and where even you know the therapist is now allowing Georgia to come in the sessions too because she's like I will think this will be way more productive and then of course that shows how much she's grown by the end of the season when she tells Paul like 85% of what happened and I know people are gonna say well still yeah and I get it like 
why she should be with Joe because of the sunglasses and the milkshake and all that. But it's like at the end of the day, I'm sorry. I really would ship them together. But with how much just went down in season two and how much I can see Zion and Paul knowing, getting, etc. I just, I don't see it anymore. I'm sorry. People can hate on me. People can comment in the comments how much that that's an outrage but it's true but we did not like the cynthia stuff okay and to be honest that was freaking denny duquette you know jack gibson with the ghost stuff izzy stevens like what the fuck like you know the whole picturing someone what 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 like oh okay but it took till episode nine and they also ruined it just with how it was with orja and i get it we put up boundaries whatever i just have so many opinions on that and it could be talked about more in you know next week or the week after because I, th- I don't think I'm gonna be done with this for a little while I wrap this up like subscribe comment below tell me what you want what are your thoughts what you want for going forward and we will see you next week